the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Looking for strategies to help you protect your portfolio in these uncertain times? Visit RobBlack.com. RobBlack.com. Powered by EP Wealth. Welcome in. Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Show dedicated to getting you to retirement. One of the things I'm going to do coming up is an event called Pints and Portfolio Saturday, January 20th of the year 2024. It's going to be in Sunnyvale, California. It's an opportunity to meet at a brewery. Um, when they open, have a beer, maybe two, in Sunnyvale, California. It's very informal. Um, that's what I like about it. Um, if you have $500,000 or more in assets, you want to talk about getting towards retirement and whether or not you done a, a financial planner is a good idea, a bad idea. Um, usually you want a financial planner somewhere around age 55 as you're starting to coast towards those final few years of income and starting that transition into wealth management from wealth accumulation. I use one and I'm excited to talk about it. Anyway, that's going to be coming up, not this Saturday, but the following Saturday, the 20th um, in Sunnyvale. I'll tell you the name of the brewery. Once you sign up, there's some questions that we ask that you present as my bosses want to know that this is time being intelligently spent. Um, Find out more at robblackshow.com. Stock market looks a little vulnerable right now. Not wildly. Uh, We just, you know, a... um, we talk about this on a regular basis, like what's the story? And, you know, the Fed changed the story last year when they pivoted from, you know, inflation's really bad. It's still bad. We're still fighting it too. It's getting to where it needs to be. And, you know, our next move will probably be a cut. In fact, three cuts is what they laid out in their notes in 2024. Market's getting excited and saying six cuts. Market thinks it's smarter than the Fed. That's just two brothers fighting. I'm smarter than you. I'm taller than you. I can outshoot you. I'm a better basketball player. Like That's all it is. Usually the markets are smarter than the Fed. So hopefully the Fed doesn't get turtly and decide to, too long. This week we're going to get the CPI number on Thursday. Um, that's going to be a big one for the market to digest. Uh, consumer price uh, index and are we moving closer to two percent? The last component that really needs to come down is rents, shelter. We're not going to see food go to zero, but it stopped going up as dramatically as it was. We're not going to see food go to negative numbers. Um, I was just at my grocery store yesterday, and big sign said, uh, "Sorry, we don't have a lot of eggs," and uh, we're working on it. It's like, Ooh, I wonder if I'm going to be paying more for eggs now. Anyhow, let's move forward with some of the stories out there. The SEC, they said their account compromise was not due to any breach of Twitter or X's systems. It was announced late yesterday that the ETFs had been approved for Bitcoin. That's not true. It hasn't been done yet. Amazon says they're going to cut hundreds of jobs in Prime Video and MGM Studios. Um, you can read that however you want. Um I hate Amazon. They're a big company. They acquired MGM Studios for too much money, and now they're firing uh, 27,000 employees uh, between the two, Prime Video and MGM Studios. 
I understand the social ramifications of firing people sucks, but um, there's um, let me correct what I'm saying here. They're cutting 500 employees in these two divisions, but last year they cut 27,000. I think that's worthy of note. Stock did well. Meta had one of the best years ever on their year of efficiency and laying off employees. So when I see a headline like that, I may have a different reaction than you do. Um, LeBron James has signed a trading card deal with Fanatic Collectibles leaving Upper Deck. Um, I don't collect baseball cards, but to me, or football cards or collectible cards, it's just not my thing. I can only put so much money into so many things. I put mine into stocks, bonds, and real estate. Now, another area where and trading cards aren't a bad one. Art's not a bad one. If you know what you're doing, comics aren't a bad one. If you know what you're doing, I just happen not to know what I'm doing. Therefore, I don't play that game. Um, I think that's really important to know that about yourself. So Funstrat's Tom Lee. He sees Bitcoin price hitting 150,000 in the next 12 months. Um, He made some remarkably strong bullish calls last year. So when he talks, I listen. Um. He also talks about Bitcoin maybe hitting half a million. And you're like, isn't it at like 40 odd thousand right now? And that's right. The thought is that exchange traded funds might have the option of offering products with Bitcoin type performance. The U.S. Securities and Exchange Commission is set to approve or not approve a spot Bitcoin exchange traded fund. I don't want to go through all the hassle of buying Bitcoin. I don't want to go through all the hassle of getting a wallet. I don't want to go through the hassle of remembering uh, a password that's so many bazillion strings long that it's not fun for me. I don't want to go through any of that. I don't want my company that I buy Bitcoin with to be hacked. Now, if it's SEC monitored and SEC regulated, yeah, I might put some money in it. Um, if it If I can figure out a history of it, if I could figure it out right now on the purest form, I don't know anyone who's buying and selling with Bitcoin, um, except for what I hear on the news, you know, terrorists, drug dealers. I don't know one person who's gone in and bought a, well, I do know a person who's bought pizza, uh, or actually it was the pizza company that traded a free pizza for Bitcoin that turned out to be incredibly valuable many, 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 many years ago. Um, a couple of quick Final thoughts. Eli Lilly is a stock that I think should be, you should be watching. The 21st century has been defined so much by conflict that it obscures sometimes obvious things. Companies like Apple, Amazon, Microsoft, Alphabet, Meta, NVIDIA, they're perfecting products that might find hidden solutions and connections in the world of, of knowledge that we can't even think about with artificial intelligence. But there's three pharmaceutical companies that are wildly interesting. Moderna, Eli Lilly, and Novo Nordisk. They're developing potentially miraculous medicines that might cure or ease illness, now accepted as ugly facts of genetics, bad luck, or poor decisions. They're going after new weight loss drugs. Lilly's stock has surged 77% in the past year. If you look back at 2000 on Apple and said, wow, I wish I would have owned it then, we may be saying that about Lilly in the next five years. Now, again, it's already moved huge. What are they going to do when they're fat-fighting drugs, their GLP-1 inhibitors? What do they do when they come off patent? 
there's going to be some problems. But they're also aggressively, those three companies, and again, let me say them slowly, Moderna, Eli Lilly, Nova Nordisk, they're acquiring a lot of companies right now with their fat equity that's grown so much in the past few years. Big event coming up January 20th. Sign up for it at robblackshow.com. That's robblackshow.com. I'm Rob Black. Join Rob Black in Sunnyvale, Saturday, January 20th, for Pints and Portfolios, a less formal event at a local watering hole for those close to retirement with 500000 or more in investable assets. Drop by January 20th from 11.30 a.m. till 2 for a little sunshine and a complimentary portfolio review or financial snapshot from Ryan Ignacio, CFP from EP Wealth Advisors. Whether you're on the road to retirement or already there, this financial snapshot can provide you with a second opinion analysis of where you are and highlight areas for improvement and opportunities for growth. Go to robblackshow.com and click the events tab. Find pints and portfolios and click to register. You'll answer a few simple questions about your situation and your confirmation email will provide all the details on the event and how to schedule your portfolio review. Space is limited and registration is required. So go to robblackshow.com today. That's robblackshow.com. Welcome back in, Rob Black and your money or the Rob Black Show. You can find out more about me at robblack.com. But joining me as always, my favorite guest of the week, Patrick O'Hare, briefing.com. We enter another year. You write a beautiful column at the end of the year called The Big Picture, where you sum everything up. Um, I don't know how much we need to hit on that, but I could say uh, the market returns were quite impressive. Uh, NASDAQ up 43.4%, the S&P 500 up 24.2%, the Russell 2000 was up 15.1%, the S&P mid-cap up 14.4%, the Dow Jones Industrial Average up 13.7%. There is so much information you can get from using briefing.com. You can take a look at the sectors that did well, the sectors that did poorly, um, daily writings, breaking news, weekly writings, big perspectives. Patrick O'Hare, how are you today? Happy New Year. Hey, Rob. Happy New Year to you and your listeners as well. Good to be back with you. I don't think it's worth hitting everything that happened last year, but it was, I think the most interesting thing about those numbers were how they changed in November and December. And you saw the Russell 2000, the S&P mid-cap 400, really go from 0 to 5% to almost 15% each of them. Um, what are your thoughts on where we are in the market 2024 and maybe the expectations so we can expect on um, any given thoughts that come out of your head? Well, there's no doubt that 2023 just ended on really the best of notes for, in, right. for investors. And I think that the, you know, the massive gains we saw um, in those last few months really are a reminder to every investor that you, know, you just really can't time the market. Um, you need right. to be in the market to make sure you get the full benefit of moves like that. Um, and uh, so that was just, you know, one of the lessons learned there. Obviously, it was driven in large part, uh, you know, by some budding optimism that the Fed's done raising rates, might likely cut rates in 2024, uh, some budding optimism in the uh, the potential for a soft landing to actually come to fruition. And then that was all uh, augmented by short covering activity and, and a bit of a performance chase for people who were underinvested in the market. So we saw a big, big move coming into 2024 might have probably might have pulled some of the returns in 2024 into the end of 2023. You um, do have valuations. There are, um, not egregious, but they've, you know, they've stretched out some. And, uh, but the benefit here as we look at, you know, some of those valuation levels is, 
is the potential for interest rates to come down in 2024. Uh, now, if we get interest rates falling because inflation's coming down while the economy is still holding up, that's really kind of the best uh, combination there for the equity market. But if interest rates come down and come down sharply because the economy is slowing sharply, um, there'll be some bigger issues that the market will have to contend with because we're going to have to rethink uh, the earnings outlook in that situation. That also might be bad news is good news, even though you're right in your column this morning started off with markets use points of hesitation. Probably you're implying the hesitation. The Federal Reserve probably won't cut in March like the dream come true scenario for speculators. Maybe it'll be later in the year. And if you're right, though, and the economy does slow and the earnings take a hit or miss expectations or miss best case scenarios, maybe the Fed does start to cut rates because that seems to be on the table for 2024. And that could be a catalyst. And again, it's kind of a fun game of poker, right? It's, it's really not a fun game of poker, but there's a little poker going on. Yeah, well, I know what you, I know what you're saying, and I, and I and and I believe what you're saying in the sense that we've learned from this market that it just absolutely loves the idea of low interest rates, uh, kind of almost yeah. irrespective of what's driving interest rates down. Uh, because one of the other things that I think we learned in 2023 uh, is that the you know the Fed put the so-called Fed put came back into play. We saw it during the banking crisis in March. And I think that uh, in the market, while it may have uh, a little bit of upset on the initial view that the economy is, is maybe in going into a recession and earnings could be challenged, could take some solace, as you allude to, in the fact that that will bring lower interest rates that ideally would ultimately help uh, revive growth. And it's just a question of how, I guess, patient the market is willing to be to kind of ride out that more challenging earnings period. Uh, with the promise that growth will return down the road and earnings will pick up down the road. Um, you know, we'll get the answer to that when we can see in the data, uh, and this is all speculation, honestly, but if, you know, if we see in the data, if the economy's kind of, re- you know, moving into that recession phase, uh, you know, we'll get an answer in terms of how the market concludes, you know, how deep of a recession it could be. Um, if it believes it's shallow, then I think that to your point, it will seize on the idea that rates have come down, and that's ultimately going to be construed as a positive factor. Um, but if it you know, does have that uh, foreboding sense that we're in for a deep recession uh, where you do have a significant earnings decline, uh, it may be a little more challenged to kind of like get back on track here with a bullish-minded out- outlook uh, in the short term. One area that I like of 2020, 20, uh, 2024 so far is the, the Magnificent Seven. Apple's underperforming, and it's my largest position, and I'm happy to say it's underperforming. It's got a PE that's higher than Nike's. It, it's had a great run. It needs to prove the earnings. It needs to prove that they've got new product. Like, I'm okay with that. And on the other side, I see Microsoft and uh, NVIDIA hitting new highs or coming close to new highs. And that seems to make sense. So it's it's making sense. And I don't now. That's where I get in a little uncomfortable with the stock market makes sense because uh, mm-hmm. it's got the AI thing. Microsoft has AI being built into software. Um, Apple's eventually going to come out with an AI phone. We know that, but um, I kind of like seeing some reasonable returns or reasonable wordings or uh, how shall we say uh, defense of the stocks, the, the best case, worst case scenarios. Um, any thoughts on what we're seeing in the markets? Like even healthcare is doing well now. I'm, I'm, I'm thrilled to see that. Right. Yeah. You know, 
it, it's a, a bit of a perplexing market, um, but, okay. you know, I'll contradict myself, too, in saying it's not all that surprising. Um, we, you know, again, coming back to how we finished the year and knowing that the mega cap stocks, you know, they certainly didn't fall apart in that year-end rally. They may not have led as, with as much power as they did right. through the first 10 months of the year or so, but they still did just fine during that year-end rally. Uh, and when you look at just how far they moved, um, it makes sense that, you know, as you open up a new year, you rebalance, kind of look at, you know, what got overweighted and, and you just kind of rethink things. It makes sense that you'd see a pullback in some of those mega cap names. But in a name like NVIDIA and Microsoft, which certainly are in, in the, you know, the, the, the center of attention when it comes to the AI push, you know, yeah, it makes sense that people are looking to, you know, buy into weakness on those names. And, and we didn't even get things that all that weak in either of those right. names. So. I don't think, you know, just because the calendar switched from December 31 to January 1, that you give up entirely on the thought process that moved those stocks throughout December 31st, you know, you know, for the entire year in 2023. And we can't forget either that if rates do come down, continue to come down, that's going to be better for longer duration assets like some of these high growth tech stocks. And so that can kind of be an underpinning factor there that, you know, limits, you know, some of that pullback activity. But one other thing to add to this is that we're about to start the fourth quarter earnings reporting season on Friday with the banks reporting the results. And then we eventually will eventually roll into, you know, the results from the technology sector and these mega cap, you know, companies. And, you know, the mega caps are going to be key to that earnings situation in my estimation, uh, because if they, have anything to say that, you know, negative in terms of the outlook, uh, then there'll be a sense that, that, gosh, you know, if these industry leaders are now feeling, you know, the effects of whatever, the economic conditions or or, or anything else, um, then that's going to be a problem for really the broader market. So I think if we get good news out of those names or reasonably good news, you know, the market still holds up just fine. Uh, but you might see some pockets of weakness like you're, like you're alluding to. You know, Apple, uh, I would say, has a a higher bar of expectations now, um, and uh, as as do all those stocks. But there's a little bit more doubt in terms of Apple's ability to meet higher expectations, you know, given the, the focus on the iPhone and you know some of the slower growth we're seeing you know, in China, uh, and uh, as well as in you know the consumer's ability to pay high price points for um, you know an iPhone's not necessarily a discretionary item, but uh, but. It's a uh, it's an item that you know makes one probably want to hold on to their you know their phone a little bit longer if it's working just fine without having to shell out you know a lot of money to get a new one. You write the page one every day for briefing Monday through Fridays when the markets are open. One of the things you allude to this today, and I've never understood how to explain the ten-year auction to listeners or viewers. Um, if you want to take a crack at why that's important, that would be nice. <laughs> Well, I'll do my best as an equity analyst, but um, yeah, I allude to it just because it is something out there that, you know, I think the stock market is very much uh, focused on what happens with, with interest rates. And I think in general, market participants are focused on, on what goes on at these auctions because, you know, they're, they're a reflection of the demand for U.S. debt. And uh, the 10-year note is the benchmark instrument here. And so what you want to see really is, you know, strong dollar demand uh, for these auctions. Um, you know, you'd see that in a, you know, a bid-to-cover ratio that would be above the, you know, prior 12 auction average. Um, and so uh, the concern here is that obviously with the state of our fiscal situation and the level of debt we have, you know, at the national level, 
um, that uh, that purchasers aren't going to be as willing to buy this uh, this debt now, and 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 you know without uh, there being a higher cost of interest that comes along with it. So if you get weak demand there, uh, you'll see rates move up, uh, and that would be a negative for you know for the equity market. Um, so you want to see these auctions go off uh, and met with some solid demand, particularly in a, a an auction like the one today with the benchmark in play. Thanks very much. Sorry I took up so much of my time, but I was excited to kick off the year with you. So I took up your time. So next week I'll I'll leave it more towards you to ramble and me less so to ramble. Thanks very much. It's Patrick O'Hare with briefing.com. I got nervous talking to him today. That's how much I missed talking to him over the holidays. You can find briefing.com at the word briefing.com, a reliable source of domestic and international news you could use with obviously smart sources like um, him and his deliveries. You can find me online at Rob Black Show. This interview featured on The Rob Black Show is brought to you by EP Wealth. Learn more at robblack.com. I know that I talk about on the show, The Rob Black Show or Rob Black and Your Money, whichever version you think of it in your head, a lot about creating wealth. And that's probably an idea that's way out there for people. I don't mean it to be. 17 wealth building strategies, 100 hints and tips insurance, investing, estate planning, taxes. These are all like things that get thrown at us. I never want to overwhelm. If I were to like calm you down and say, you can do it. You're, but you're like, Rob Black, I, I, I'm not you, I'm not wealthy. I'm like, but you can create wealth. Let's talk about it. First and foremost, you're going to need number one, like practical optimism. Optimism is the faith that leads to achievement. Um, there's some really dumb, and when I say dumb, I'm saying simple. Keep it simple, stupid. Apps like Acorns, where you can open an account and it'll ask you a lot of questions. Is this for retirement or is this for you know creating investments? Now there's too many options with Acorns. I liked it when it was more of an investment and a retirement kind of app. Now there's banking and other things and stock trading. But what I really like about the app is that it's simple. It's on my phone and I'm grabbing my phone right now and I'm going to my financial tabs and I started this about four years ago Um, and I've got $113,418 in it. And by the age of 95, it says I can have $3.2 million. Now, I'm going to spend that money before I'm 95 or I'm going to be one rich 95-year-old rolling and I'm going to go into Vegas and say, I want to put $3.2 million on black. Spin the wheel. And if it doesn't hit, then I'm not going to be all that upset because I'm close to death and that's probably more upsetting. But the way I do my purchases on my credit cards and my debit cards, I don't use debit cards, but in theory, you can link a debit card. Whatever I spend, let's say it's $4.75, $0.25 goes into the investment account. Now, I choose to round it up three times, so actually $0.75 goes into the investment account or something like that is the right idea. Um, There's things like if I shop at Safeway, I get money back. There's things if I buy at Nike or Expedia or eBay, money goes into the account. And just you pick your, your funds on aggressive, moderate, conservative, and it does the picking for you. 
it's not genius in any way, shape, or form. It's just low cost. It cost me $3 a month to have the account. And automatically, by just spending and living and rounding up my purchases, I'm saving money to the tune of $100,000 plus. Um, if I take a look, I'm in the risk category of aggressive. My theme is core, which I don't even know what theme means. <laughs> Um, my year to date returns are down one point set one point one percent. I'm at hundred percent in stocks. I'm thirty percent international, five percent small, fifteen ten percent medium, and fifty five percent large. The large cap ETF that it has me in um, has gone. Let's see, that's a five year. In five years, it's gone from. So give me the actual number. Uh, it doesn't have the actual number. It just has a chart next to it, but it's up 93% in five years. Eh, okay. In three years, let's see what's up. Okay, the apps or my phone starting to get a little less responsive. It's up 21% in one year. In three years, it's up 26%. So it just, it, it's, it's a nice, easy, simple thing to do. You have to be optimistic that things are going to work out in, in the stock market over time. They've worked out over the last 100 plus years. There's going to be periods where it goes bad, like 9-11. You got to play the long game. What's the long game? You don't get wealthy overnight. It, it takes time. You got to save. In stocks, maybe you're, you pull some out of your salary. You got to potentially get go from renting to investing in a home. And you don't invest in a home. You invest in the debt, the liability of a home. But after five, 10 years, someone wants your home and they're willing to pay more for it than you did is the idea. You want to dream big if you want to get wealthy. Uh, Walt Disney once said, all our dreams can come true if we have the courage to pursue them. I don't want you to get wealthy so you can get a Lambo. I want you to, or bet $3.2 million on black at age 95. I want you to get wealthy so you can live from age 60 to 100 with some dignity. A million dollars is going to create about $40,000 a year in income, give or take, based on where interest rates are. I, I, I think you need at least a million dollars. Social Security might be about 20000 roughly. Both those numbers can be taxed, whether it's in sales taxes or income taxes or uh, property taxes. So those numbers aren't really all that pure or clean, are they? I want you to write down your goals. How much do you want? Start with a million. Whether you're age 20, 30, 40, or 50, start with a million. Avoid going into debt. Um, credit card debt's the worst. Mortgage debt is, is one of the best. Mortgage debt at 3.5% mortgages is way better than mortgage debt at 6.5%. But I'm not afraid of a 6.5% mortgage. As long as when it goes down to 55 I'm considering refinancing. I always want to be thinking about that. I don't mind dying with debt when I die. There is no penalty. You know, Rob Black's gravestone red. He died with $3.2 million, but he lost it all and bet on Black. And yet, uh, he had no debt. They're not going to sing that praise. Um, I have a budget. I'll be honest with you. I blow it on any trips that I take but I have wealth to fall back on. I can say I'm not going to invest this month. Uh, I've got extra wealth like that Acorns account. That's just fun money for me. That's not my retirement money. My retirement money is in my 401k, my 403b or my 457, which are all 401k is for companies with profit, 403b or for nonprofit companies, 
457. They're like teachers associations um, that are done by the state. You get the idea. Um, I have a budget. I know that, you know, my mortgages come first, my savings come second. You know, ding, 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 line by line by line. 30. Um, maximize your income streams. This is an important one. Make sure all your income streams are working together to build wealth. Salary, bonuses, commissions, side hustles, incentives that you get. Have some passive investments like that Acorns account that I'm telling you about. Learn more about me at robblackshow.com. That's robblackshow.com. I'm Rob Black. Join Rob Black in Sunnyvale, Saturday, January 20th, for Pints and Portfolios, a less formal event at a local watering hole for those close to retirement with 500000 or more in investable assets. Drop by January 20th from 11.30 a.m. till 2 for a little sunshine and a complimentary portfolio review or financial snapshot from Ryan Ignacio, CFP from EP Wealth Advisors. Whether you're on the road to retirement or already there, this financial snapshot can provide you with a second opinion analysis of where you are and highlight areas for improvement and opportunities for growth. Go to robblackshow.com and click the events tab. Find pints and portfolios and click to register. You'll answer a few simple questions about your situation and your confirmation email will provide all the details on the event and how to schedule your portfolio review. Space is limited and registration is required. So go to robblackshow.com today. That's robblackshow.com. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.